Hello and welcome to our podcast series created by us here at Broadsword called Be Listening. Today we have a special guest, Kat Kevin. She has been involved in live events for over eight years, also a freelance graphic and web designer, working on multiple marketing projects, and she is the chair and marketing manager of NAWI, aka the Network of Women in Events. Welcome to the podcast, Kat. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Can you tell us more about yourself and what you do? Sure. Well, you did a really good job. So thank you so much for introducing me. Um, I think you covered most of the things that I do. So I am freelance working in events and marketing. As you very well said, I cover a range of different projects um, and and often the two come together, whether it's events and marketing. Um, I also keep myself busy, as you said, as chair of the Network of Women in Events. So I have been doing a lot of the marketing, but I'm I'm kind of stepping away from that a little bit. We have recently just had someone join. Um, He's going to be taking the lead on that. So I'm able to focus more on the strategy and the wider, just the the, the daily operations really uh, and wider strategy. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much everything I do. <laughs> Could you tell us more about Nawi, uh, which is celebrating 10 years this year? Uh, how did it come to be? Yeah, so it was not founded by myself. Um, Nawi started as a Facebook group, which was founded by Zach Fox and Sarah Cole back 10 years ago, as you said mainly just as a space that women could share job opportunities and use that space as a safe space to um, ask any questions or or raise concerns and and mainly just to pass along jobs really. So it was founded with three core pillars which we have kept which are networking, job opportunities and increasing representation across the board. So everything we do tries to come within those three pillars so we do networking events we do webinars um we've got our our blog on our website we've got resources um of course we still use the facebook group a lot as well as that safe space that it's growing considerably we now have over four and a half thousand people so yeah it's um it's a wonderful community to be part of yeah I've, i've loved being part of the community as well when i first started out in events awesome How have your experiences of working in events influenced your approach to marketing or even graphics design and web design? Well, it's it's so related, really. Um, I am very lucky that I decided to study at at university. So rather than just doing events, which was always what I wanted to focus on, um, I decided to to do a dual degree and, and just get that broader experience, which I'm really pleased that I did because I learned a lot about marketing not as much about events but um really pleased that I had that because the two like I I sort of mentioned before they're so connected so um it just comes in really handy the the marketing within events projects so Mm. just having the understanding of and and I'm not the world's best graphic designer far from but I have a really good understanding I'm great with powerpoints I'm great with you know working with with branding that's already there and, and throwing documents together and signage and all those things so it, it's so interlinked and likewise with the web design um i do a lot of web design for events organizations so for instance i've just wrapped up on um events apprenticeships website so it's just so connected really yeah it really is like you can't really do an event without some type of promo which involves graphic design or some type of web design yeah absolutely and then likewise events often fall within a marketing 
department in in sort of traditional companies so yeah there's definitely a very natural connection as someone who has experience in multiple different areas like events marketing and being an entrepreneur how do you manage your time efficiently to avoid that burnout and make sure you're progressing towards your goals <laughs> yeah that's a really good question and I think it, it there is no real magic answer other than just very good time management um I have a lot of tools that I use and and just try and I try and be as proactive as I can to make sure that good communication you know whether it's because sometimes you, you just I just don't have visibility on my calendar far ahead of time so just good communication or you know just keeping people well informed or just being transparent saying you know look I I think that will work let's pencil it in and then come back to it so I have sort of different color codes that I use in my diary it's a really fun place if uh, if you were to see it <laughs> yes my diary is you know probably I, I I use it you know every hour of every day just to check and go and add in I have different color codes so our color code projects um clients and then now he is like purple and then my events are pink and then oh, not like perfect pink but yeah there's all the the different um software and then and then also just yeah some really good spreadsheets as well to keep tabs on everything I use a um like a task management system kind of like Monday or Asana to stay on top of the things that I know I'll forget I just pop them straight in there and again I organize that with the same color codes so now he has one my, my current client I'm working for has has one and then other ongoing projects have a little list so there's no real um ideal solution but lots of little things that I use that come together that, that enable me to to run my life and my professional projects smoothly mm, I do love Monday there's the little button when you put done it does a little confetti and I think that's the best part of it. it's so satisfying <laughs> how do you stay kind of inspired and motivated to come up with fresh ideas on a regular basis what do you do when by chance you have a creative blog um it's really interesting I was just having this conversation with someone yesterday around how it, it's um perhaps a misconception or perhaps it's just different for different people but I wouldn't always say that my marketing projects are highly creative I I tend to see graphic design more as an execution because I'm either bringing to life someone else's vision and therefore there are some elements of creativity in that early phase of the whether it's brand development or or whatever the project might be but a lot of my work is actually really just working with things that are already in place. So, for instance, at the moment, I'm working on a charity fundraiser for a wonderful charity called Ubuntu Pathways. And so a part of my responsibilities are, you know, looking after signage and menus and newsletters and print collateral and things like that. So they already have the branding for their charity and organisation. So it's mainly just working with what they already have. Um but to keep inspired, I, I love, I mean, I follow loads of really cool pages on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Facebook, about, or, or Pinterest. I use Behance, which is another one, which is more graphics uh, focused. But there are some great websites as well. I love doing mood boards. I have, again, just have a software that I use called Miro, which is like a brain brainstorming kind of visual 
hybrid between what would be a um like a whiteboard or a, a scribble on a piece of paper and you can make notes and post-its and photos and text and I use things like that quite a lot you have loads of different tools and some of them I've not even heard of <laughs> yes you wouldn't really want to see my pinned uh, tabs on my chrome <laughs> there are a lot <laughs> Have you ever experienced creative anxiety or imposter syndrome? If so, how have you kind of dealt with those feelings? Yeah, it's definitely something that that can happen. And especially, I think it was during the pandemic was when I was doing a lot of uh, branding. So it was really that um, top end of the creative process. And it does happen, of course, especially as a lot of the the skills that I have were self-taught. So... um, I don't have that, you know, I can refer back to everything that I learned during three years at uni or, you know, five years in agency. It is very much all all skills that I've developed from mainly YouTube and hours and hours and hours of (laughs) very passionate um, (laughs) research and trial and error. But um, yeah, it has happened to me and it it can be very difficult. And I think ultimately my, my best recommendation around that is just to be completely honest and transparent because there's nothing worse than having a, a sort of dark cloud lingering above your head and knowing in the back of your mind that you have that project that you're just sort of leaving on unread and thinking, I'll go back to it and time just goes by. So I think just being completely transparent and just knowing when to ask for help, whether it's asking for more information from the client, whether it's reaching out to a friend or a colleague or going back to the drawing board and, and always coming back to the mood boards really helps me. But I'm very, very lucky. I can't say that I've really experience imposter imposter syndrome and I and I know lots of people do I'm very fortunate that I've always had a lot of confidence from a young age and that's something my parents have always instilled in me so I'm very very grateful for that um but no I don't I, I'm very fortunate to say that I haven't really had that imposter syndrome too much I love that you've kind of learned most of what you said kind of through YouTube and like something I've done as as well of like you have a very specific goal in mind go to youtube try and figure out how to do it yeah and i'm very lucky a lot of my friends and network are very creative people as well i've always i've had different mentors and people who have been able to support me so i I don't think i could have done it without i i do always think that yeah my network is really one of the things that's enabled me to to get to where i am without you know going through those really dark phases of oh my god what what am I doing what's going on I've always been very lucky to have that a good support system is always needed absolutely I feel this year we've already seen so much new tech coming out and like so much new AI tools as well how do you think technology has changed the way we approach creativity and design are there any challenges or opportunities that come up with these changes yeah that's a really really good and interesting question it's something that I've been yeah thinking about a lot seeing a lot of things around especially the AI software and the copy I mean it's it's amazing what what can be done I haven't really played around with it much myself other than the copywriting one because that is something that I really struggle with um and it's just amazing I can write you know write an email saying this or you know write a a brief or you know this is the client this is the project and I do often waste a lot of time going over emails multiple times and it's still not really conveying the message and the tone that I'm trying to achieve so that's more how I use it but I definitely think I should explore it more because there's going to be some huge shifts I mean 
it's always that debate really isn't it whether are we all going to be replaced by by ai like is the is marketing just going to be a thing of the part i i mean i don't i don't i don't think so it's very tough to know but i think at the end of the day there's there are always going to have to be humans working behind that and yeah it'll be really interesting to see where where it goes i don't have um I have no idea how, how the future is going to look for us, but I'm sure as we have always done, we will just adapt and there will always be roles. There will always be a need for skilled people and for, for people to take the lead. And and I just think those tools are going to help us to save time, really. I've also seen loads of people use, I think, I forgot the exact name, Dolly, Dolly too, I think, of creating set designs with them in events, mm. which is just incredible to see like actually see something and get it quite quickly yes and and that's what where it, i think it can be super super handy for instance if you're planning an event and you want some renders or you know how's it going to look and i've seen it a lot with immersive as well on, on linkedin i follow a couple of pages that are always sharing that that type of content and it, it does just blow you away because the the time and skill it would require for a professional to do that is just you know, it wouldn't, wouldn't come in most people's budgets to be able to come up with different concepts. And yeah, yeah, it's incredible, really. As we are close to the end of this episode, just to wrap up, can you share any advice for aspiring entrepreneurs, creatives and producers? Oh, wow. Um, I would always just say just, you know, just do it and, and just whatever it is that if if you're, worried that you're not going to be good enough or something's holding you back just try not to let that hold you back because we all start somewhere and you know the things that you do at the beginning of your career will seem like a very distant memory very soon and the only things you regret are the things that you don't do so that would probably be my my last word of advice for anyone who's perhaps aspiring to become an event manager or aspiring to work in in marketing or event marketing or whatever their project might be. Thank you so much again for coming on this episode and sharing your experience with us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. If you'd like to see similar content to this, you can follow us on our socials at Broadsword Event House on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn and Broadsword Group on Twitter or visit our website at wearebroadsword.com. Thank you for listening and see you on the next one.